Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. Well, you know me, I like to normally find the positive after a debacle like Monday night at Arrowhead Stadium and accentuate that, and we will talk about some positives with the Kansas City Chiefs that's coming, but let's make one thing just perfectly clear right from the start of this podcast. This team has absolutely no future beating anybody good at any point in the postseason, even at Arrowhead, if they don't fix their real problems. Because their real problems are such a roadblock to any wins over good teams, uh, they'll never get away with this. They they can have all the Mahomes magic, the greatness, the upgraded defense, all of the coaching, all of the experience, all of the Super Bowl wins, everything they've got going for them, all the home field advantage in the world. And it will not fix the biggest problems the Chiefs have. And it is not just drop passes. Although that certainly is the most obvious one. The Chiefs now, I mean, this is just astounding. The Chiefs have dropped 9% of Patrick Mahomes' passes this year. 9% have been drops. That is the worst in 10 years in the National Football League by any team. 9% of catchable passes, okay? Not throwaways, not he's scrambling out and and spiking it or throwing the ball away or whatever. 9% of all catchable passes this year by the Kansas City Chiefs have been dropped. No team has done that over the last 10 years. You would think it's going to get more difficult as the weather gets colder and it gets worse. One would think this is not a season that can ever be salvaged if the Chiefs don't solve that problem, but it's not specifically just that problem. The Chiefs have two bad turnovers. Look, Kelsey's been around long enough to know when you're fighting for yardage down by the goal line and and the team thinks you're going to be scoring, not necessarily on that play, but you're in the scoring zone, that desperation sets in, and above the tackle comes the punch. And I look, it's really hard to hang on to the ball when somebody punches it. I get it. And it was a perfect punch on the football. But that's the place down there by the 10-yard line to wrap up with two arms and make sure you've got it. And he knows that. He knows that and still doesn't do it. It's crazy. The interception by Mahomes was one of the worst throws I can ever remember the man throwing. I don't know why or how he threw such a terrible pass. This pass to Watson in the end zone that should have been an easy touchdown that on his worst day, you would almost think Mahomes could complete that one left-handed because he's done that before. He throws it five yards short and five yards to the right of where it needed to be. It needed to be five yards deeper and five yards more to the left. I mean, this wasn't even close. It was off 15 by 15. It was off a whole bedroom. Okay? It was off an entire bedroom. It was off by further than my entire broadcast studio here where I do the podcast every day. He missed that pass and underthrew it so poorly. There is just no explanation for a quarterback that's that good and that great. I mean, this was a, this was a terrible night the Chiefs, and and take the positive if you want. Here's what the Chiefs were. They ran the ball better. They passed the ball better. Their defense is better than the Eagles, and their special teams are better than the Eagles. Let's, let's recount this. The Chiefs run the ball better. They pass the ball better. They play better defense, and they have better special teams, and they freaking lost. They lost the game. Why did they lose the game? Well, you can't do what they did. 
You can't have five drops, which they did, two turnovers, and multiple offensive penalties. Then the worst of all these offenses are the ones that change third and two into third and seven. Yes, Mahomes is magic. You're just not going to complete them all. However, the Chiefs were still better, way better, way better with all the penalties, all the drops, everything. They were way better on third down than the Eagles. The one thing nobody's talking about today is this, all right? And this is the good part. The Chiefs are better than the Eagles, and we saw it all night in this game. There was was no question who the better football team was. Which defense was better? Dude, Trent McDuffie is just becoming a sick football player. This guy's an absolute freak. He is everywhere. They use him in so many ways. It is so fun to watch Trent McDuffie play football. The Chiefs have stars on the defensive side of the ball. The Eagles have a tremendous offense, and they did nothing. I mean nothing all night. 238 total yards. Hertz was sacked five times. The Eagles were three out of 11 on third down. If I read you those stats before the game, you would think the Chiefs won by 24 points, and they should have. There was a point when it was 17-14 Chiefs, and the Eagles were driving, and I said, Jessica, I don't feel as good about this one. I know Mahomes always pulls the game out. The Chiefs always win. They, you know, they always pull the rabbit out of the head. I said, I'm not feeling it tonight. They have blown this game. They have been too good for too long in this game to lose this game, and they're losing it. And there is a different dynamic with any sports team. They talk about this a lot in baseball. When your starting pitcher goes out and goes seven innings and seven scoreless innings, go like a three-hitter through seven innings, and you're up 3 nothing, and then you lose because you stranded 11 other base runners and should have been up 7 nothing on a night like that, the, the pitcher comes out and the whole moment of the game flips, that's what this was. The Chiefs made so many mistakes after being so dominant in this football game, and they were dominant in this game. In every metric possible in football, they were dominant, except the stupid things they do. Five drops, two turnovers. Hey, and you know what? The turnovers were terrible, right? That's 14 points right there. 14, that throw in the end zone, that that underthrown touchdown was an absolute joke. I'm sorry, Mahomes makes $500 million. You got to make that throw. That is a routine throw. You saw your guy, and I don't know what the hell he did on that play. That interception was horrific by Mahomes. The Kelsey fumble. It's 17-14. I said, you know, they left. They, they, they Basically, the Chiefs should have two more touchdowns. It should be 31-14 right now. And Jessica, being the astute football expert that she is, when she watches, she watches the Chiefs. Like when the other games are on, she sees them. She'll be entertained by him, but she doesn't watch or remember everything closely because she's on her phone, you know, and doing stuff like that. She said, oh, no, it should be 31-7. The refs gave the Eagles a touchdown. And I said, yes, they did. There was a holding call that sprung their early touchdown, and they gave him a free touchdown. Now, that probably would have been at least a field goal. Well, it would have been at least a field goal, and it may have still been a touchdown, but it would have been a hard touchdown. That was going to back him up to like the 20-yard line or something, that holding call. They were going to have to score from the 20. And the way the Chiefs defense was playing, they probably weren't going to score there. It would have been, it absolutely positively should have been 31 to 10 when it was 17-14. Do not, do not conflate these issues, okay? The Chiefs are an unbelievably good football team. Their defense has changed everything. But they're also the lowest scoring second half team in the NFL. And I think a big part of the reason the Chiefs are the lowest scoring team in the second half of the NFL is because their defense has gotten better. I think Andy Reid is coaching to the defense. I think the offense knows the defense is better. I don't think they feel the pressure to go make plays and do what they do. And this is the result, and this is what you get.
And yet, when it's all said and done, the one thing that's really been missing from the Kansas City Chiefs, the deep ball. There's MVS, fastest guy, gets separation, perfect pass from Mahomes. He drops it. He just flat drops it. After all the mistakes, all of the things, complete complete dominance, and including that play, by the way, that was a better play than the Smith play to the one-yard line that set the Eagles up for the go-ahead touchdown. It was a better play. Everything about what the Chiefs did in this game was better, except for their gaffes, their mistakes. And the offensive line penalties matter. The offensive penalties matter, period. Kelsey got a holding call, too. All of these things are just critical. I don't know what happened to blocking, by the way. I don't know if I'm the only one watching the Chiefs. Like, I, I said I said last night, my son Cameron's here with us. He's home from Texas for Thanksgiving. I said, I don't think I've ever seen Travis Kelsey really block anybody. All I see Travis Kelsey do is hold people. He grabs them with his hands. Like, and these, I think he's just at the point where he's like, I've got enough physical contact and enough pain. We'll discuss this more in a moment because there's a Wall Street Journal report out there that Travis Kelsey may be retiring at the end of this season, that he's considering it. And I, he may be at a point where he just doesn't want all the contact while he's blocking. He just grabs dudes. He just grabs them. And it didn't grab, you don't grab much. You don't have to. You just got to slow them down a little bit. Usually if it's like the running back coming out of the backfield or a swing pass, you don't have to do much if you're Kelsey. Mostly just kind of got to slow the guy down just a little bit. You don't have to stop him from making the play 12 yards downfield. You just got to make sure the running back clears the corner. And so Kelsey does that. And every game I watch him, he takes two hands and he grabs the torso of the guy that he's blocking. I always thought blocking was you put your arms in front of your chest and you bump the other guy and you move and you just block him and bump him and do all that. And I never see that in the NFL. It's all just grabbing now. The whole league is just grabbing at every position everywhere. It's just grabbing other guys. But I'm off on a tangent. I know this. The Chiefs can't keep doing that. You can't keep having these penalties. You can't do it. You can't drop the football at this rate. And you cannot turn the ball over the way they are. Look, turnovers are not equal. You know, an arm punt is one thing. If the Chiefs have third and 11 from their own 24-yard line and Mahomes throws it 50 yards downfield and it gets intercepted, that's a fine turnover. You're taking a chance on a pass interference or completing a play or hands to the face, which is a ridiculous thing in the NFL that I keep seeing every week. There's all kinds of good things that can happen on third and 11 when you heave it 50 yards down. What doesn't happen when you do that is it gets intercepted and the guy returns it 40 yards. That almost never happens. The receivers are better than that. Chiefs receivers are better than that. They know when they go up for the ball, if the guy catches it to get him down, they usually fall to the ground when they pick those passes off. And all you gotta do is touch them. Not all turnovers are the same. When you've got a guy wide open in the end zone and you miss the throw that badly, you can't do that. It, 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 look, they got to fix this. I'm No bones about this. The Chiefs are dead man walking. They got no future in the playoff. They won't beat the Bills. They won't beat the Bengals. Hell, they won't beat the Raiders this week if they don't clean this crap up. Period. They're not beating anybody. Like, it's really nice that the Chiefs don't have another playoff team on their schedule right now. But with a couple of exceptions, just a couple, the, uh, they play the Patriots who aren't any good, just a couple of exceptions. These are all teams that can beat the Chiefs. We've seen what that pack is. That non-playoff pack is Denver. And when the Chiefs went to Denver and turned it over five freaking times, they lost 24 to nine and didn't come back. And I don't know that didn't score in the second half, right? Because they don't. 
It's hard to score when you're turning it over. The second half thing is real. Okay, it's real. There's been a couple of games where they've had big leads and they squatted on them. The Bears game comes to mind. Jacksonville, they didn't have a big lead, but the game was at hand and they were playing defense. Jacksonville was doing nothing. There are reasons. There are times and reasons to not score in the second half. And the Chiefs have had two or three or four games like that this year. But it still doesn't change the fact that they're not scoring at all in the second half, that nothing good is happening. The plays are there. MVS was open. Watson was open seemingly all night. And on desperation, fourth and whatever that was, 25, I thought it was going to be fourth and 30 after the grounding, fourth and 25, Mahomes throws a missile, and I'll be damned if it's not right in Watson's hands, and he still doesn't catch it. And I would say, you know, he might have thrown that too hard, except it was a 40-yard throw. It's lost velocity by then. You know, were you, were you running into trouble of throwing the ball too hard as the little eight-yard slant? The little across the middle, you throw it too hard to your guy and too high, it goes off his hands and gets intercepted. We know that you can't burn the ball there. But on fourth and 25, it's every bit of velocity you got. Once that, that, that ball had to fly 40 yards. It was five yards past the marker, so that's 30. And Mahomes was 10 yards back. He threw the ball 40 yards. It couldn't have been going full speed. And Watson, it like I never even thought for a moment Watson was going to catch that ball. That's how bad it is right now with the Chiefs receivers. You're like, oh, they ain't catching that one. And it was right there. It was right in his hands. Yeah, he had some guys around him. Oof. He made a great catch on the sideline on a really nice first down throw. It was a third down play, as I recall. But it doesn't make up for all of his drops. I mean, if Watson doesn't fix this, they can't play him. He's going to have to come off the field. Somebody else is going to have to play. I'm going one more week with this guy. I, I want to like the player. And I, I realized they're doubling. And Mahomes said after the game last night, well, on that play, he's, what were you looking on that play? He goes, well, they triple team Travis. Three guys on Travis Kelsey. I haven't gone back and looked at the tape, but I'll trust Mahomes when he said there were three guys on Travis. So he's looking for Watson. And there he is, open, zing, right in his hands. No. <laughs> it's just, it's pathetic. It's embarrassing. It's all these things. The little things with the Chiefs under Andy Reid have, have Always been a problem. We know this. You take the good with the bad. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He, we talk about this every single year since Andy Reid has been here. There is a time where we have to mention, he tells the players, show your personality, be yourself, have fun, play hard, create, do whatever. When that is your motto, and that has worked very well for Andy Reid, you are going to get a lot of negative plays. You're going to have guys doing bum things. When you do that, they, they kept, uh, you know, Tony had a nice kick return again last night. I was watching before the Chiefs game on NFL Network, the Super Bowl from last year. What I'd forgotten about Tony's kick return, the 65-yard punt return, which is a Super Bowl record that came at just the right time in the Super Bowl. Remember that? What I'd forgotten was almost any other kick returner would have let that ball bounce. Tony came up on that ball and caught it not three inches off the ground out in front of him. An insanely difficult catch that could have been a disaster. Absolutely could have been a disaster, and they probably would have cut Tony at the end of the year and he wouldn't be on the team right now. But he made an unbelievable fingertip catch of the punt. Then somehow out of traffic, he goes 65 yards and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I mean, 
That's the difference. Andy Reid wants you to go try to make the play. In fairness, when these dudes are not making plays, we need to point out the times that they do something stupid and do make a play. And that 65-yard punt return last year was stupid. He should not have tried to catch that ball. And he did. And it worked out gloriously. But this team, we're not even talking about taking big chances here. Mostly, we're talking about catching the ball. Look, these right tackle uh, false starts, that's trying to make a play. He's trying to jump the snap and be a better blocker for his quarterback. Okay, he's, he's trying to do that. That's a very difficult thing to do. What we don't know about the Chiefs this year is, is this all just regular season malaise? Is it, you know, this team has flipped the switch so many times to run it out over the end of the season and go on a huge winning streak, become the one seed. Patrick Holmes has never played a playoff road game. I'm not scared of a playoff road game, but he's never played one. Okay, what we don't know is, is this just November? We're not even to Thanksgiving? And the Chiefs are going to flip a switch and go on a winning streak and get in the postseason and not do this crap? Or are they a jumbled mess with a an aging tight end that's talking to the Wall Street Journal about retirement while he's dating a billionaire rock star? And a Patrick Mahomes quarterback who is, I mean, the guy's everywhere. The guy's absolutely everywhere. He's just got to be getting tugged in a million different directions. Is this a distracted team with double Super Bowl rings that is not focused and doesn't have what it takes? Because that happens in sports. That absolutely happens. Or are they the Chicago Bulls where they can just kind of, you know, nobody remembers what the Chiefs record was last year. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember their regular season record. I just remember they won the Super Bowl. That's what I remember, that they made plays, especially in the postseason, when the game was on the line and they won. And yesterday, even after all the mistakes, they made the play to win the game and just dropped the pass. So I don't know what they are. I don't know. I, I was convinced we were going to see something better out of the Chiefs last night. And actually, I think be, when you factor in the opponent and everything else, the Chiefs did, they played 90% of last night was their best football of the year. 90% of that game was the Chiefs' best. They ran for, what, 168 yards against the best run defense in the NFL? Ridiculous, right? I mean, that's that's crazy. They just ran all over the Eagles. They sacked Jalen Hurts five times. Really? They did that? They held the Eagles to 238 yards? This defense legit, man. There's a lot of ways for the Chiefs to win. But almost every single way for the Chiefs to win has to do with things that they've never really preached before. It's the little things. And if the offense is not going to make the big plays, they're going to have to start doing little things. No penalties. Don't get into third and long. You know, start thinking about offense like other teams do. Yes, at the end of the game, we're in a desperate situation. Mahomes can bail us out by heaving it 60 yards downfield right into MBS's hands. He can do that. He can do that. And there may be a time that you need that. But over the balance of the game, the important part for the Chiefs is don't throw the interception in the end zone. A field goal is a winning drive. Take the field goal. Your defense is great. How is the game different if Kelsey doesn't fumble and Mahomes does well, if he completes that touchdown, that's 10 points then. We give three, at least on the Kelsey fumble, the touchdown on the wide open guy in the end zone. That's 10 more points. It's a completely different ballgame. It's a completely different ballgame all night. I'm, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to cover this thing up in sugar and say I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. There's every reason to believe they can be fine and that they can win the Super Bowl. We saw everything they need last night to win the Super Bowl. We saw all of it. 
on display against the best team they'll play this year. That was easy to see. And it was easy to see, hey, they're better than the Eagles. In almost every way, they're better than the Eagles, except for the whole effing up part. Okay? Because you're just going to F stuff up all night. You know, if, if, you know, 90% of your plays are great and 10% are disasters, you're not beating good teams. You're just not. And that's essentially what last night was. 10% of their plays were disasters. What'd they have? What'd the Chiefs have in this game? How many snaps? I, I, don't, I don't even know. I'd have, to, I'd have to look at it. 43 passes. So the Chiefs must have had 70 plays, 75, a, a whole lot of plays. They must have rushed it 20 times. 65 plays. And they had to have like 20. They had 20 more snaps than the Eagles in this game. They had 20 more snaps than the Eagles. My God, they did everything right. Their defense wasn't tired. I mean, everything was, you can see it. But it doesn't matter. If they don't fix the real problems that they have, they're not beating anybody in the postseason. They're just not. All right, on to this uh, Travis Kelsey story in the Wall Street Journals. Oh, and by the way, one other note on the Eagles. What you're not hearing anybody say today, and this is an honest assessment. This is a legitimate assessment. Are the Eagles good enough to beat the Chiefs? That's an honest question because they weren't good enough last night. Let's not make any mistake about this. The Chiefs beat the Chiefs. The Eagles were not good enough to beat the Chiefs last night. They weren't. Nobody's talking about that. They're just saying, oh, they've got the best record. And Here's the deal, Philadelphia. Go win yourself a freaking Super Bowl and then come back to me. Tell me how great you are. Because you were not great Monday night. You were steady. You played the long game and it worked. And you got lucky that MBS just dropped that pass. You really did. Because I don't think they were coming back against that Chiefs defense last night. I just don't. They were not going to engineer a game-winning drive. Chiefs were going to win that game 24-21 if he catches that pass, even though they were going to have a minute and a half left. Uh, that was not the night that they were going to go down and beat the Chiefs. They weren't. The defense is, is ridiculous. Nobody's talking about that. It's a legitimate question. Are the Eagles good enough to beat the Chiefs? I know they won a football game last night. I'm asking the question, are they good enough to beat the Chiefs? Those are, those are entirely different things. Winning a football game and beating somebody are two different things. Uh, completely different things. And I think it's a legitimate question. All right, on to the Wall Street Journal story with Travis Kelsey. He did a profile piece talking about dating a rock star, you know, all this other stuff. And in this piece, he says, yeah, I don't talk about it much. And I haven't talked about it much, but I, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about retirement. There's an old adage out there that if you're thinking about retirement, you should retire. If you're thinking about retirement, you're probably not playing as well or coaching as well or doing whatever as well as you should be doing. So it's out there. He floated it, and he cited 10 surgeries that he has. He says he feels every single one of those surgeries every day, that he lives in pain. And he's not talked about the pain in his career. Most football players, tough guys like Kelsey, do not talk about this over the balance of their career. And then at the end, they go, the pain is too much. I got to get out of this. I can't do this anymore. It's too much. And his place in football history is cemented. There's no question about that. And by the way, he will make more money outside of football than in football. So he's now got a career path to go make more money doing podcasts, movies, comedy, whatever he wants to do. He's going to be in show business. There's no question about it. He could be a football analyst. He can do anything and make millions of dollars without getting hit. Ever. He has stuntmen on the set do the stunts for. If John Cena can become an actor as a wrestler, Travis Kelsey's going to be a star. Like this guy could go on and make hundreds of millions of dollars making movies. It's possible. Action movies. It's all sitting there for him. 
And he knows that. And so I don't know what the vibe is, why in the middle of the season you're talking about retirement or floating it out there, but Travis Kelsey has done that. KKHI is brought to you by bstock.net. I got an email from Chris yesterday over at bstock. He says, you know, we talk about all the discounts that we have and lower-end TVs that we can get for a really, really low price, like a 50-inch for $299, smart TV, 4K, LCD, awesome, pre-Black Friday sale, great deal. He says, we've got the best TVs on the planet. Right now, they have a 75-inch 8K high-end TV. This is as good as you can get, 8K. It's $1,000 less than Best Buy, and they'll deliver it anywhere in Kansas City free. 75-inch 8K, brand new, in the box, $1,000 less than Best Buy. Mention KKHI, save $1,000 off Best Buy, and get free delivery. Bstock.net is at 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe, or just give them a call at 913-800-1419 and say, I want that 8K. That's what I have in my basement is an 8K. It's amazing. We had a great night watching football last night. The 8K is phenomenal. Back Nine Development is your custom builder. Uh, a lot of folks aren't selling their house and moving into a new house, but there are people still building new homes. And if it's time for you to build your dream home, you owe it to yourself before you make any decision with anyone else to sit down with TJ Vilskanskis and talk about what he can do for you with your beautiful custom home. They do custom homes, commercial properties, room additions, but mostly it's about custom home building. They're building a couple of beauties in the Kansas City area. They're going to start a development in Lansing. If you'd like to find out where they have land, I mean, I mean land, like acres, and you would like to build a custom home, TJ is your guy. Just give him a call. Say, where's the spot? Or I've got a spot. What do you think about this? And meet with him. 785-236-0161. I just love the work they do. They're not for everyone, clearly. This is, uh, this is custom homes. They're high-end. The work that Back Nine does is just top-notch. It is state-of-the-art. And you're going to love the work that TJ and his team do for you and the communication all throughout the process if you decide to go with Back Nine Development. 785-236-0161 online at back9development.com. And Dr. Bill Bush is your new dentist. If you have not made the call to switch to North Kansas City Dental, why not do it? He is the dentist of the Chiefs. And he's a great conservative and patriot. That's all you got to know about your dentist right there. Dr. Bush has a team, a staff of professionals that all think and, and believe the same way. It's part of the way they do business at North Kansas City Dental. It's why it's such a positive, upbeat place where they're not freaking you out all day with plastic shields and masks and all this other stuff. No, it's just a comfortable experience. And everybody wants to just at least feel good when you go to the dentist. NKCDental.com. 816-471-2911. Also in sports, the it's it's college basketball tournament season. Not big tournament, but, you know, the poor college kids that are being exploited get to go to places like the Virgin Islands or Bahamas or Maui. KU's in Maui at the Maui Classic. They get Shamanad this year in the first round. And they win this game, 83-56. The line on this game... Just, I just looked at it for like no reason at all. It was 42 and a half. So KU did not cover. I don't think I've ever seen a 42 and a half point basketball line. I didn't play it because I didn't trust it. Like, I don't think he's going to run it up against the hosts like that. But sometimes maybe you can't avoid it. Get this, Hunter Dickinson, who will be the national player of the year if he stays healthy. I'm, I'm calling right now. Pre-Thanksgiving, 99% mortal lock guarantee of the college basketball year 
if Hunter Dickinson is healthy, he is the national player of the year. 31 points, 11 rebounds. Off of his 27 points, 22 rebounds performance against Kentucky. So you can call it Shamanot if you want, but he did the same thing against Kentucky. Jay Billis said it best. He's open every possession because he's 7-2. 15 out of 18 from the field. Insane. This is the crazy part about Kansas basketball. Kevin McCullough Jr. had his second triple-double in a row. It had been years since there was a triple-double at KU. He has a triple-double against Kentucky, and now he has a triple-double against Chaminade. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, and nobody's even mentioning his name. The guy's like 100. McCullough's been playing college basketball since the 70s. Like, this guy is in the prime of his professional career at Kansas. He's like 25 or something. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Ain't nobody beating Kansas in a Big 12. I don't care what they got. I've heard about Baylor's recruiting class. I've heard about Texas. I've heard this and I've heard that. You ain't beating this team in the Big 12 this year unless they have injuries. It's not going to happen. They're too old, too experienced, and have the parts. They have everything that Bill Self desires to go all the way. Now, here's the best part about playing Chaminade on Monday night. KU turns around tonight at 9.30 on ESPN and plays Marquette, which beat a good UCLA team 71-69 last night. I did not stay up for all of that. 71-69 was your final. Marquette won it, and they will play Kansas tonight at 9.30. That is number one in the country versus number four in the country. So I watched a little of the Marquette game after the Chiefs game. Not a lot. I watched a little. They look a little small for me to think that they can play with Kansas. But they're number four in the country, so we're about to get a gauge of whether anybody can play with this beast of a team that is the Kansas Jayhawks. This team has every opportunity to be Bill Self's best team by a million miles. I mean, you don't just toss a guy out there that's 7-2 that goes 31-11. and 11. Oh, and his overlooked teammate had a triple-double with three steals and two blocks. Insane. Insane riches at Kansas this year. Absolutely crazy. They are really, really good. All right, our news today is brought to you by Advantage Termite and Pest Control Online at AdvantageTPC.com. They're now taking new customers for lawn maintenance next year. If you'd like to set up for the, uh, I think it's five treatments over the course of the year, they'll do a winterization this winter. And then your four treatments throughout the year, if you want a beautiful lawn, they do that and the pest control. It all, it's all on one auto pay. It's bundled together. It saves you money. It's the best way to do it. AdvantageTPC.com, 913-768-8989, anywhere in and around Kansas City. Anywhere. There's a, a wide swath of area that Advantage Termite and Pest Control will uh, come to take care of your critters or even take care of your lawn. AdvantageTPC.com. Oh, Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC. We were at the dealership yesterday. I went up and saw Tim Trader. He's there every day. He's an awesome guy. Uh, one of the sales reps there said a listener, if you're listening today, from South Carolina uh, purchased a vehicle. They ordered it from the factory, and Roberts Robinson had it sent and delivered right to him in South Carolina and arranged for somebody to show him everything about it. It's just unbelievable service. No matter where you live, you can buy from Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. You don't have to drive to the dealership. If you live a couple of hours away, call Tim. Just call Tim. Ask for Tim when you call at Roberts Robinson. Jessica and I took a bunch of toys up there. We were going to take pictures and put it on Twitter, but then it looks like, oh, you're bragging that you're doing charity, and we really don't want to do that. But we do want to encourage you to do what we did, and my friend Chris over at B-Stock pitched in, and we took up about 10 bags of toys, 
and dropped them off. They're doing a toy drive at the dealership in Excelsior Springs for Meet the Need, which is a local charity in Excelsior Springs. And if you would like to send a toy, we're asking our listeners this year, go online, walmart.com, Amazon, wherever you shop, buy a toy for $10 or less. Buy a toy for $10 or less and, and ship it to 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, 64024. Yeah, that you don't even have to touch it. You can just buy it and Amazon will deliver it or Walmart or however you order things. 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, 64024. Collecting toys for Meet the Need right now for kids in and around Excelsior Springs, Kearney in that area. Awesome folks and an awesome charity at Roberts Robinson and their annual toy drive. And Santa will be at the dealership December 14th for pictures. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get closer to that date. And our new friends over at Ideal Health KC, Dr. Kip Van Camp and his team that use regenerative medicine to make you feel better. A lot of folks have chronic pain. And I, trust me, a guy like Travis Kelsey who's talking about the pain that he has right now after football, these athletes are all going to regenerative health. They're doing blood spinning. They're doing the stem cell, the body tissue, and reinserting that in their body. And it eases the aches, the pains, the joints, the things that wear you down. For some people, you just have a general malaise. You just don't feel good. You don't have energy, and this can help you. Blood spinning is really good with that. You might want to check on this and, doctor, and talk to Dr. Van Camp and see if it might be for you. Make that first appointment, 913-745-5300, idealhealthkc.com. It's located at K7 and Shawnee Mission Parkway in Shawnee. Dr. Van Camp has been writing papers in national journals about this regenerative medicine for over 12 years. He was one of the very first to start doing this because of his dad's illnesses. He was a, he was a radiologist. He was a different kind of doctor. He was an interventional radiologist. And he said, nope, my dad is sick. I got to find a way to help him. And he did. And he knows he prolonged his dad's life and he eased his pain. And he said, this is what I'm going to do for people. I'm switching my practice. This is what I'm going to do. This is absolutely what he believes in. He doesn't believe in a bunch of COVID shots. Doesn't believe in a bunch of pills. He wants your body to help itself. Ideal Health KC. Com. Cool stuff. Oh, I got this text from a, a friend last night during the game. I don't know how this came up, but it did. I like to point out when the Kansas City Star does things that are just completely disingenuous. I'm going to read for you a headline in the Kansas City Star, and then I want you to think about what that story might be. Here's the headline. Quote, I worked the Johnson County polls and saw firsthand how elections cannot be rigged. Okay. All right. That's the headline. Now, they've stated a fact in the headline. And it is and it says what to you? It says the star sent a reporter to the polls to work and they saw first hands and they're coming back to you to report to you that it can't be rigged. They're going to write a story that is fact. Here's the facts. We researched this, here's the facts and that's that. Now, they like the way the elections turned out in Johnson County. You know, they haven't talked about anything being rigged since Trump won. That was rigged. That was Russian interference. But they report these headlines as if they're investigative journalism, like they're real stories. And that is not what this is. No, a little further investigation on the part of yours truly, and I was really grinding during a commercial break of the Chiefs game. It took me 30 seconds to find this out. This is a letter to the editor from a reader. It's a letter to the editor. Now, I've written three 
letters to the editor at the Star. Since I started this podcast, they've published none of them. They will not publish my letters to the editor. I should start sending one every day just to see what happens. But they won't publish mine. They get one from a poll worker, a leftist, clearly, a leftist poll worker. I worked the Johnson County polls and saw firsthand elections can't be rigged. Well, there you have it. A Kansas City Star reader says the elections can't can't do anything. The machines are accurate. They all work. Everything's perfect. No, nothing to see here. I'll tell you what I saw a lot of yesterday. The new president in Argentina, we talked about him on the show yesterday. Have you seen his videos? It's no longer him just with his chainsaw saying he's cut anything. He went to a whiteboard after becoming president, and on the whiteboard, they had magnets of every department of the Argentinian government, things like the Department of Education, Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Sports and Medicine, Department of this, Department of that. And he walks up to the board, and this guy just curses. He's got the foulest mouth you've ever seen. If you think Trump is vile, and people don't like Trump because he's vile, this dude just won 57% to 43%. After 40 years of socialist rule in Argentina, they have a libertarian. This guy's like anti-government. He gave a speech in front of tens of thousands of people. There's 30 million people in Argentina. And he said, I didn't come here to herd sheep. I came here to wake up the effing lions. Go roar. I'm not hurting you people. H-U-R-D-I-N-G, herding. I'm not doing that. H-H-E-R. I'm not doing that. It's not what we're here to do. I'm here to wake up the lions and you're going to roar. We're getting the government out of your way. If this guy does a tenth of what he says he's going to do, it's going to be shockwaves around the world. He is gutting the entire government in Argentina. They are starting over. He's doing it. He's got a mandate from the people and they are very excited. There's pictures of, of a 10-year-old boy climbing through the crowd to get up to him and crying and sobbing. He's on his dad's shoulders and he gets up there and he hugs this man and they're so happy that better days are coming. They're tired of it. You should see the stuff this guy says about leftists and how much they lie and how disingenuous they are. It's unbelievable. Go find the videos. He doesn't speak our language, obviously, but it's all captioned at the bottom. It's phenomenal. It's filthy. That's his favorite word is filthy. He says leftists are filthy. They're filthy people. He, he went on a tirade about Mickey Mouse being a symbol for the left. He's like, Mickey Mouse is a symbol for left. He's like, that dirty, filthy, effing mouse is a wacko leftist now that everyone thinks is cute and cuddly and fun, and that's exactly their game. He's like, exactly their game is Mickey Mouse. Ooh, it's unbelievable. You got to check this guy out. This one was pretty fun, too. This is on... Uh, this is Newsmax. A guy named James Rosen used to work for Fox at Newsmax. He's the White House yesterday. Karine Jean-Pierre is fielding questions that she's never going to answer, of course. If you ask real questions, she won't answer. And this is about polling. Because Karine Jean-Pierre loves to come to the podium and say, polling shows that this program of paying back college students all this money is popular, or this program is popular, and polling shows this. And they keep asking her about polling for Biden, which is the worst of any president in our lifetime. It's not close. It's worse than Jimmy Carter. That's hard to do. So it's the worst of any president in our lifetime. And so, well, there's no reason for me to explain what James Rosen does. Let's just play the clip. Here's James Rosen with KJP. I want to ask about polling. Uh, in February, the president conducted an interview with, I believe it was uh, Telemundo, uh, and he was asked about the dismal state of his job approval ratings. And he answered in words to this effect, do you know anyone that believes the polling these days? And he talked in some detail about the difficulty of getting people on the phone and com- compiling accurate polling. 
whenever you're asked about the president's dismal job approval ratings, uh, you say we're not going to look at polls. We, we look at his accomplishments. And yet, when you are asked about various domestic policy initiatives, you will say these poll very well. People support what the president wants to do. If you look at the individual subjects on the polling, they support what the president's agenda is. So once and for all, are only certain polls valid in your eyes, the ones that support your agenda? Or is the polling data that shows that President Biden has been stuck for two years at the, the low 40s in his approval ratings, are those valid? Polls that show that the electorate at large and also uh, significant majorities within the Democratic Party believe uh, that the president is too old. The polls that show the American people and also significant majorities within the Democratic Party don't want him to run again. And the polls that show his handling of the economy, foreign policy, all of these dismal polls, his job approval ratings, um, does the White House have any basis to challenge the accuracy of that polling? Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I mean, that's just fantastic stuff. And it was fair. And neither question they were butted together there, neither question was answered. That's why you probably heard an edit there with about 20 seconds to go. Uh, she didn't answer the first one, so he followed up with the next one. And then it just kind of ended, and she doesn't really answer. She basically said there's polling out there that says some of Biden's policies are popular. So she's going to stand by. They like the polls that say he's doing things right or this policy. There is no poll that says he's doing anything right. There are some polls that say they like a couple of their policies, like abortion. They love that. That's a 60-some percent deal, and that's what the election is going to be about next year. Abortion will be the biggest issue you hear from the left. It will be abortion, abortion, abortion. Here we go. That's what they're going to play, and that's their only shot, and it's a good one. It's a good shot because for some reason it matters more than taxes or money or inflation or interest rates or your 401K or any of that stuff. Joe Biden quietly turned 81 yesterday. They wanted to ignore that. They don't want you to know it's his birthday. Senator John Kennedy from Mississippi said, dang, he doesn't look a day over 90. All right. The funniest part of the Rosen clip was it was like a wide shot. And you could see six other reporters and they weren't rolling their eyes like, oh boy, Rosen's asking the question, which used to happen. Now they're, they got this look in there like, yeah, he's right. I'm not asking this question because I'll get in trouble with my bosses, but he's right. You could just see it in their eyes. It was, it was pretty crazy, really. Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel is saying they could be close to a deal for a ceasefire with Hamas. Okay. They want the hostages back, all of them. And they're close, say they're close to a deal. If the hostages come back, I think a ceasefire is in order. Let's call it off for seven days and assess what we're going to do, or 30 days, or 60 days, or whatever. Remember, on October 6th, which wasn't very long ago, we had a ceasefire. There was a ceasefire. Israel left that land in 2005. They've been out of there for almost 20 years. There was a ceasefire in place when Hamas lobbed 350 missiles into Israel and slaughtered 2,000 people and paratroop people into a music festival and raped the girls and then beheaded them. Remember that part? There was a ceasefire in place. They want another one now because Gaza City's crumbled. It's probably time. They've pummeled them for a long time. But, and they've killed some of their leaders. I, I think if Israel's okay with a ceasefire, I'm certainly okay with it. Back it off. No more loss of life. Let's see if it stands. Then what? Then if there's a terrorist attack in Israel, if some crazy Hamas dude comes in and straps himself to a bomb and blows up a building, then what? You're just going to keep pummeling? You're going to go back in? You'll have to. Ceasefire is a ceasefire. You're on your own. I don't know who's going to help Hamas. Iran's going to rebuild them. They ain't getting any of our money. 
is they do what I'm demonstrating. Okay? We give money to Gaza or the Palestinians to rebuild anything. I'm out. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm marching. I'm in DC. I'm marching with a sign. No thanks. You're not getting my money. No how, no way. Our final final today is brought to you by our good friends at the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan. What a great business hotel the Bluemont Hotel is. And many of you, many more of you are now doing business in Manhattan. This has become a com- commercial center with the Bio AgriBio Center there and all of the things going on in Manhattan, the second fastest growing city in America. You need a great place to stay and call your hub for business. That's the Bluemont Hotel. Online at bluemonthotel.com or just give them a call at 785-473-7091. They have Goolsby's Restaurant Indoor Entertainment Center right there. It's kind of fun. You get done with your business day, you can do some duck pin bowling. They got an indoor driving range there, batting cages, all kinds of fun games, and you pour your own beers and seltzers right off the wall. You buy a card, you swipe it, and you pour yourself whatever you like. It's a really cool setup at the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan. Pre-Black Friday savings at ticketsforless.com. This is good until Wednesday. The promo code is BF23. That's Black Friday 23. 10% off any ticket order right now. That's any game, any KU basketball game, K-State, Missouri football games, anything left that you got here. You want to go to the Arkansas game? You want to go to Manhattan Saturday night? Chiefs games the rest of the way? Concerts? Anything on their site? Any city, anywhere? 10% off your order right now through Wednesday with the Black Friday code. That is BF23. BF23, and everybody that makes a purchase is eligible for a $250 gift card. So there you go. Go to ticketsforless.com and use the promo code today or tomorrow, BF23. And Tim Cross and his team at Cross Kitchens KC is Kansas City's remodeler. You're going to be spending a lot of time at home this weekend. It's a great time to call Tim. You're going to have downtime. You're going to be sitting around. It's Thanksgiving. You'll be talking about, I sure wish we had different countertops or this backsplash or whatever. And if that comes up, just make the call. Even if it's the holiday, leave a voicemail, contact them. They'll get back to you. CrossKitchensKC.com. 816-898-7047. Tim and Brittany are awesome. They've got a great remodeling company at CrossKitchensKC.com. Our final final today is Elon Musk. Elon Musk is suing a company called Media Matters. Media Matters did a, a whole bunch of hit stuff on X formerly known as Twitter, that resulted in several big advertisers like, I think, Paramount, Apple. Um, I, I don't know what all the companies were. Maybe Amazon. And they pulled their advertising because Media Matters reported that because those companies are, they lean left, that Elon Musk built an algorithm to make sure that uh, far-right hate speech that their ads show up where that stuff is. You follow me here? So people on the far left, their companies were being shown, their ads were being put on X right next to crazy far right KKK stuff or things like that. That's what Media Matters reported. And Elon Musk is suing their pants off. He's calling this the biggest, most sweeping lawsuit in the history of media lawsuits. He's already got the Texas and Missouri attorney generals on his side. It absolutely did not happen. He said, we will disclose every single algorithm and thing that we do at X, and we cannot wait for discovery to find out where the George Soros money and the deep state money came into media matters to fabricate this story. We're going to out them and expose them once and for all. Elon Musk believes he is about to put media matters out of business with his lawsuit. 
this is an easy call. Who do you believe? Honestly, most people, who would you believe? One company, far left, funded by, you know, Soros and all those people in the deep state, or Elon Musk running Twitter. What on earth would Elon Musk have to gain by trying to do something like that with advertisers? It's insane. And he says he can prove that it didn't happen. Furthermore, that they've, they've got enough tech people, they know how to do this. He said, we'll just prove that it didn't happen. First of all, before I even have to prove to you that I don't have an algorithm, let me prove to you that it didn't happen. And we'll sue your pants off. That's what they're going to do. And I'm rooting for them. It's Thanksgiving week. It's great to have you here. I know a lot of your uh, favorite radio hosts, podcast hosts, whatever, are all on vacation this week. We're with you this week. We're going to be doing it. I think at least four podcasts this week for you. We'll probably take Thursday off, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. And I thank you very much, as always, just for hitting that play button at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 